Grab your pre-workout and turn up that volume. It is time for a new episode of the Powerlifters Den with your host, Cam Smith. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode five of the Powerlifters Den. Um, I'm Cam Smith, and today I have a special guest. Um, some of you guys may know him. Uh, I'll let him introduce himself. Jimmy Cole, why don't you tell us about who you are? Yeah, bro. So uh, I've been involved in sport of powerlifting for 19 years and 15 of those years being competitive. Uh, more specifically, my specialty, they call us specialists in the sport as uh, uh, bench press. That's what I've been kind of more well known for. So uh have the heaviest lift in human history uh, in the sport of powerlifting at 1350. And that was a bench press that I did back in February of this year. So that's kind of the short version. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, your lifts are just insanely impressive. It's just insane to see. So moving that weight and to think that the heaviest lift in human history was a bench press, it still kind of blows my mind. Um, so where, where are you from and where do you train out of? Well, originally, uh, spent the beginning of my life in Montana and then my late adolescence, teenage, early twenties, all the, all that years was, uh, spent in Northern Ohio, Northeastern Ohio and, uh, started lifting weights at a young age of 14, I believe. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I spent my 14 to 26, uh, I'm sorry, earlier than that, even, uh, probably 12 to 12 years old to 26 years old. I was in Ohio and, uh, at 26, I joined the service. I went to the active duty Marine Corps and got stationed down here in Virginia. Uh, after all my training was done at Quantico. And then after I got out, we never left. So we're currently in Virginia and we're pretty happy about it. That's awesome. Well, thank you for your service. Um, it's always nice to have a military guy to talk to. Um, no problem. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you're one of the best benches in the world. Um, kind of the first thing I wanted to ask was being the best bencher in the world. Uh, what's like your motivation to keep going? So the motivation comes from the fact that I've spent my entire career solely concerned on what I was doing, uh, not really what everybody else was doing. And, not trying to make it my goal to beat, you know, that guy, beat that guy, beat that record. I mean, that, to say I've never thought about a record would be completely false, but um, I've spent most of my time concerned with, okay, I have goals. I hit this number. It'd be really cool to hit that number. You know, and I really want to hit that number. So it's always been individually based. So even though once I got to the top, um, I, I first hit, the number one bench ever done by a human uh, June of 21 was the first time I ever did that. So ever since then, I've, I've since surpassed it a couple of times, but um, it's all just individually goal based. Like I always have something new that I want to do. Um, I don't care what he's doing. I don't care what he's doing. I have people I care about. Don't get me wrong, but like my motivation doesn't come from trying to beat everybody. Cause if, there, if that was the case, and I beat everybody. What's left? It's like, okay. Well, yeah. I'm I'm kind of done, but that's not the case with me. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's crazy too to think the the gap between, um, like the first time someone benched a thousand to eleven hundred to now what you're doing is just insane to see how fast the numbers just keep going up. And um, rumor has it that you're possibly going to be competing in a full power meet. Oh, that's a rumor. Uh, I've, I've done it in the past. 
I've done it in the past. I did full power up to the age of, oh, 22 or 23. Uh, kind of, you know, I didn't enjoy it. I just kind of did it because I thought you had to. And then I realized I'll do what I want. Uh, I just I like bench, so I focus on bench. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of meddling around with the idea of doing a full power meet, but it'd be in like a, a year or more from now because I got a lot of catching up to do. A lot of I've been focused only on bench for the last decade. So in order to do a full power meet, I've got some serious uh, work and progress that needs to be done. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I did just hear that. So I just wanted to kind of see what, what the what the word was on that. But um, yeah, so I mean, we can talk more about bench. Obviously, um, you've done poly. You've gotten into the unlimited with the band shirts. Um, you saw my video the other day of me trying on the F8 for the first time. So. I got a little taste of what that's like. It's um, it's pretty fun. Um, yeah. What was like your transition from um, hopping into a poly shirt and then trying out a band shirt? At first, it was very rocky. I actually got my first one. I wanted to cut it up the middle with a pair of scissors and throw it in the dumpster. It frustrated me so much. But the problem was is I, I, I listened to what other people were telling me to do, which was like, unlearn how to bench you know do everything different flare your elbows do all these weird things now I, I did that but my shoulder would pop under a thousand pounds and i'd be down for four weeks um and i came to the realization i'm like wait a minute i benched 11 20 in a single ply poly i'm like i know how to bench once i learned i realized that kind of went back to how i always did it it started to click and then it, it just kind of came naturally and uh not four months into doing it, I ended up benching 1320, uh, which was February of last year, um, where I hit the first history's first 12 and thir and 1300 pound bench. The 12 always gets like pushed to the side because of the 1320, but at my opener was 1225. That was the first 1200 pound bench ever done. And then after that, I did 1320. So it it was rough at first, but then I kind of remembered that I know how to bench and that it yeah. just came natural. So, yeah, that's Pretty awesome. I mean, yeah. I mean, opening with the world records also just insane. Um, so do you, um, with like being obviously the bench specialist and you having like F8 and Anderson, like, um, what's like your relationship with those companies? I've been an Anderson athlete for, I had to celebrate my 14th year. Uh, the start of June. So I've been at with with them for uh, near a decade and a half. Uh, Ken Anderson picked me up as an athlete when I was like 18 or 19 years old. So I've been involved with them, uh, traveling for them, going to events for them for quite a long time. And then we just picked up uh, being the sole distributor for uh, F8 Customs with Rob Farrell and Tiff. So um that that really that really helped us a lot we helped them a lot so it's it really meshed well mm -hmm. uh and tiff and tiff and rob and of course denise and then logan they all kind of go you know, the four of them are just a fantastic group of people excellent ambassadors to the sport just give and give and give they're so kind that of course kevin Pittman just became the president he took over the company for ken uh i think late last year and uh he's he's the man now and uh we go down to Texas all the time and hang out and do expos. And it's, it's, it, it really is uh, a great relationship. We all have. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's awesome. 
That's awesome. Yeah. That's great for the sport too. Um, yeah. so I do know you've done like some seminars. Um, how long have you been doing these seminars and, um, what, what do you have any like upcoming ones or some big plans in the future or. Yeah. Uh, I started doing that. I started like, I'll say advertising that I do them. Uh, I think early last year, I did two last year. We went to North Carolina and then we went up to uh, Boston and then I did, uh, I've got two that I'm going doing this year, actually the same month. So I went to Chesapeake, Virginia at the beginning of June here. And then I've got another one uh, Friday, actually, this Friday uh, over here in Ashburn, which is just like an hour from where we live uh, here in Northern Virginia. So uh, I do them a lot. Uh, I, I, I advertise that I am available with, within reason. If, if, if you're on the other side of the country, then we got to talk plane tickets and stuff, which is getting yeah, pricey yeah. and everything's expensive right now. So I understand. So we try to, we try to kind of make it reasonable within driving distance, um, fully interactive seminars, no time limits. I have my rate. Uh, and if it's a considerable drive, then I of course add like, you know, at least one or two nights in a hotel. And then we do a seminar. We'll work out together. I'll actually get on the bench with all of you guys and, and do those things. So it's, it's a, it's a good time. Yeah, uh, I know you came up to Mass Iron not too long ago. Um, I wasn't able to, I think I was at school during that time, but um, I know John was there for that. And yep. um, he just got, he had like a new shirt and um, I think he like just hopped in it and like smoked 750 for a PR. And was, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Good I day. mean, I'm still sticking with raw for a little bit, but I'm starting to starting to get the the itch for it. I'm not gonna lie, especially after trying out the the shirt. No, it's a whole nother. That's the thing. Like I respect both sides of the sport for what they are. They're both equally awesome. They both have their own unique challenges. I just I chose my path. Fourteen, maybe fifteen years ago, and decided to go equipped. You know, so if you can do whatever you want in the sport, people are like, well, why don't you go raw? You know. Like, cause I don't, cause I don't want to, how about yeah. that? You know, uh, this, uh, this, it's, it's a, for a sport that doesn't pay very much and for how uh short life can truly be, I'm not going to spend my career trying to please everybody else. So I go equipped because that's what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, if I ever go raw, it's because I decided that's the best thing for me at the moment, but right now it's not that way. Yeah. I mean, if, if you think about it, like, anyone who's actually involved in the sport knows that equipped lifting is a whole, whole different skill set. It, it's a whole different, diff it's not just easier just because you're using equipment. Like, yeah. I mean, the first time I tried on a, I think it was a single ply shirt. It was John's. It was like a 56 and I'd be like a 48. I couldn't even like touch 315 to my chest. And it was, mm -hmm. so it's just, once you get that understanding, like what are you just trying to please people on Instagram at that point? Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. No. <laughs> nope i'm not i'm not a people pleaser i'll do what i want because it's my life and I, i'm really enjoying what i'm doing right now that's awesome yeah um and then i guess what are some future goals in terms of um maybe like post career and powerlifting or maybe some like lifetime goals or ah, i have a general idea i mean i have some pretty big numbers i want to hit uh both bench only whether it be poly whether it be band shirt uh full power of course is in, in the future uh everybody asks like what is that top end number like what would you know which has been really hard for me to come to terms with like you know 
what would be that top number that I could like do and finally, finally like be truly happy with. And then maybe like say, that's good. I can pursue other things in the sport. And that number would be the a 1500 pound bench. I, I think it's humanly possible, whether I do it or somebody else does it. I think it is humanly possible now that with the training I've had the last year. So short term is 14 long term is 15. And then of course, full power. I want to get into, you know, the 3000 pound range and then traditional way using poly bench shirts, not the band shirt within the total. I don't want to do that. Um, And then after that, I mean, post competing years, I still want to be heavily involved in the sport one way or the other. I want to die with the sport. That's kind of how I want to go. Um, Maybe, you know, end up just being an old, old broken ass coach and own my own place or something, but Uh, that's, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a very in the here and now type of guy. So I'm just kind of thinking about like current, if I had to have a hindsight, that's probably how it would be. Yeah. And I do know that you, um, you have the the scholarship. Uh, I think that's great for the sport as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So it's the cold strong scholarship. We have a website, which is coldstrongscholarship.com. And uh, basically what that is, it's, it's a fundraiser. It's a nonprofit. It's, a, it's an actual like 31, was it 3103C? I forget what the terminology is. It's a registered nonprofit. And uh, what we do is we raise money via donations and fundraising events uh, throughout the entire year. The goal of raising thousands of dollars for every thousand dollars we raise, we sponsor one young athlete, the sport between the ages of 13 to 23. So the teenage and junior divisions. And so what we do is we raise money. Last year we were we raised twelve thousand dollars, which was I can't I that was insane how we did that. And throughout the month of January, we get these young kids who are uh, eligible, you know, active competitors, uh, those involved in the sport. They go to the website. They felt you know just follow the directions, fill out the form questionnaire, tell us your story. And then after we get all the applications, uh, January 31st, that stops. We review all of them with the board of people, myself, my wife, and three or four others look through all the applications and pick the ones who need it the most, cut $1,000 checks, and send them to these young kids. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think that's great for the sport, too. I mean, like you said earlier, like powerlifting, there's not a lot of money in the sport, which, I mean, hopefully in the future, they can maybe pick up. But I think that that's a good start, especially for young athletes to kind of incentivizes them to get into the sport and um, it kind of opens up the door for people who may not be able to afford all the equipment or a, a proper gym membership. So, cause I mean, for me, like I was training at a Y, so maybe some people can only train there, like things like that. So I think it's great for the sport. Yeah, that's exactly what it's designed for because we were that age still in the sport and we had no money and I couldn't even afford at one point a $25 gym membership. I mean, it was that. That's how low we got. And a thousand bucks would have changed our lives. Yeah, you know, travel, equipment, uh, meat dues, you know, things like that. Or you can bl- go blow it on the newest game console. It's your money. <laughs> you know, you do yeah. whatever you want with it. But it's intended for the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and it, when it comes to it all, it's it's what they want to use it for. So, but that's yeah, that's what we do it for. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome to hear. Um, I guess going kind of back to training um, with being a bench specialist, like what is like your uh, program? Like how do you structure your program? Obviously it's more bench focused. So like how many days a week are you training? Things like that. Five days a week. uh, I train everything because I've come to the, the harsh reality that when you're trying to lift the most weight 
as you, but like as humanly possible that you can possibly do. You can't have weak spots. You have to be strong from top to bottom in any way, shape or form. So I lift five days a week, two bench days, uh, and a, des a designated upper back day, uh, a lower body day. And then I have what I call my random shit day, <laughs> uh, which is Thursday mornings. Now it used to be Thursday nights, but I had to switch. Um, where if I if I need more leg work, uh, forearm work, all the miscellaneous stuff that I might not be able to fill in throughout the other days, I plug it in on Thursdays. Um, there's a little bit more, like I mentioned, the lower body day. So there there is like a lower body day where I'm focused on a squat variation, usually equipped. Um, today was back day, so I threw in some deadlifts because I'm trying to kind of get in that mode of full power. It's gonna it's gonna take some time. Yep. Uh, so I train everything because you can't have something weak because when you go maximally heavy at a competition that weak part of your body is going to show itself for sure uh, and it might not be good so i've been trying to address all those things yeah i mean that's that's good because i mean obviously most of what you post on instagram is your benching so people probably are wondering like does he ever squat does he ever deadlift so yep um i, I advertise that uh, i have the patreon of course that's where i post all of that behind the scenes training. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you want to see the squats, the back work and the deadlift and the random shit days uh, for 10 bucks a month, that's where I put all that training mm -hmm. and people can watch everything I do. That's behind the scenes of all the big benches. So yeah. again, that's Colb strong at Patreon it's 10 bucks a month. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess my next question would be um, in terms of, being able to recover from training so heavy all the time um, and going five days a week? Like how, how do you structure your deloads or do you take like a whole week off or do you just mix in lighter weeks or? I, I don't go light, like almost ever. There's been rare instances where I have no choice uh, or we're traveling. So like for the, the last two weekends, we were in York this weekend. We were in Dallas the weekend prior uh, the weekend before that, my entire crew was away. They had their own things going on. So I had like, luckily it was only two weeks in a row because the, the meet this weekend actually turned from two days to one day. So I got to bench and then drive to the meet the next day. So that was pretty cool. But um, I don't, I, I really don't go light. And that's something that's very difficult to explain to people. But my entire life has been spent going heavy like year round. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't periodize. I don't peak. I don't do off seasons. I just train heavy all the damn time. Yep. Um, and th that's just how, and I'm able to recover from it. I mean, now, like the first time I did a 1400 pound lift in the bench that took two weeks to recover from, I still went in the gym and trained heavy for, relatively speaking for what I could handle with my CNS being fried. Yep. Um, but mo most of the time, Bench heavy on Saturday mornings, come in the next week, do it again, do it again. Like I don't have to take time off. It's just how my body works. That's awesome. Um, I guess like at what point did you realize that you were going to become a bench specialist? Like was there a certain time? Was it at a certain meet? Was it a certain? Yep. That was, I can name the exact, almost not the date and the time, but like when I was, when I was 19, uh, the years prior, this I'm talking like 2000, this is 2000, 
five, six, seven, eight. Okay. When I first started lifting weights at 14 years old, um, at that time, a 700 pound bench press was, um, a, like a rare thing that was yeah. unheard of. A few guys had done it. Canelli had just done 800 pounds in 2002. Um, so my life goal when I was a teenager, I said, my life goal is to do 700 pounds before I die. <laughs> and when I was 19, I hit 700 pounds. Yeah. I was like, shit, I'm that I could make something of this. That's that's so that was the pinnacle moment. It was like, oh hell, I think it was like October of 2009, I think, or some I forget what it was an APF meet in Ohio, and I bent 700 pounds in a hand-me-down denim, Karen Klein denim. So that's that was the moment I realized that I could really take this somewhere. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean that's that's crazy to think about a lifetime goal turned into like basically your 50% now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like actually. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um out of all like your I guess like max efforts or like AMRAPs or like what was your favorite bench besides just your competition benches? I mean the competition ones are the ones that matter the most because that's official so yep. so the 1350 is obviously it has a deep place in my heart my 1120 has a really special place being single ply and that being the heaviest bench in the in the history at the at that time and i did it in single ply but training lifts um the first time i hit a thousand for 10 reps full range that was that was a pretty special day um not to i think four or five, six weeks ago, I hit my previous competition max from last year, my 1320. I benched that for five reps to a one more. That was a good day. Um, the, the heaviest weight I've ever had in my hands successfully to a one board. I've, I've hit something heavier, but I, I didn't touch the board because of one of those oh shit moments, but I went up to Rob Farrell's for the first time. And while we were there, I hit 1450 to a one board. That was, that was fucking heavy. Yeah. Um, and then ever so recently, I just did 1111 or yeah, 1111, right? 1100, 1111 pounds. Yep. Kind of an annoying number, but I hit that <laughs> for seven reps full range, which that was special for me as well. I wanted 10 really fucking bad, but yep. it was a downset from the day. Cause I hit, I went over 1400, dropped down to 1111. I really wanted 10 because I had done a five by five with 1100 flat, like six weeks prior. I'm like, Oh, I can do five by five with 1100 pounds. 10 reps should be no problem. But I, I couldn't that day. So that's a short-term goal I have is to come back and actually hit that for 10, but that's a, that's a few of them. Yeah. That's, that's just crazy. Um, So with the equip, like there's obviously there's like a hundred different like tools you can use. Like there's like the Titan Ram, there's the slingshot. There's obviously band shirts and poly. Um, I guess, how do you choose which one you're using for a training session? Really depends. I, I almost never know what I'm doing until I get to the gym that day. It's it's kind of crazy. I, I don't have a predetermined plan. Um, not that, not that, I mean, it, sometimes the weights intimidate me. But I feel like if, you, if the weights don't intimidate you a little bit, you're probably not going heavy enough. Mm -hmm. So if I like had a, a plan for the week, say like on Tuesday, okay, Tuesday, let's see, I'm going to do this workout on Saturday. I'm trying to hit these numbers. I'll just think about it the whole week. You know, it's kind of drains my energy. I'm like, ah, screw it. I'll just kind of show up to the gym, see how I feel. 
So I have everything I need between a locker at the gym and the trunk of my car. <laughs> so I can just kind of like, oh, well, I feel really good today. Let's see how warm-ups go. And if I feel really good, I'll shirt up with my really heavy-duty stuff and go ultra-heavy. Or, you know, maybe I'm not feeling as great. I'm going to keep the weights lighter, like at 1,000 pounds or so, and do something higher reps, you know, like kind of some volume work. I can adjust accordingly. Um, Wednesdays, the secondary bench days where it really gets kind of difficult for me. That's the variation day. Um, that could be floor press. That could be board work, dead stop. That could be raw. It could be not shirted. Just meaning like a piece, but not shirted. Um, uh, mm-hmm. so it really just happens kind of in the moment. Okay. And then, um, I guess for accessory work, um, Obviously, like your CNS is under so much stress when you're over that weight. Like, how do you kind of move on to your accessories after that? So, no matter what, not within within reason. Like, for instance, this Saturday I had to bench, do like a few sets of tricep extensions on the pulley machine, and then leave because we had to go from the gym straight to York mm-hmm. uh, to get in our hotel and get checked in and everything. So. And, uh, but anyway, no, so I always try to do, I don't all, I don't look it, but I try to do some like muscle building movements. So after I do my main movement for the day, whether it be Wednesday or Saturday, I always do a, a dumbbell press of some form or fashion, low incline, floor, flat, something, uh, generally higher reps, pressing incorrectly, actually like using my chest to do the whole mo- movement, you know, to actually use the chest to build it. Cause I don't have a chest. Yep. Um, and then I focus on the specifics, like what I need to work on, like strength wise. So on Wednesdays, I still try to generally do like more bodybuilding stuff. Uh, I don't want to fry my triceps on Wednesday and have Thursday, Friday to rest and then try to bench heavy on Saturday. Yep. I save the heavy tricep work for Saturdays uh, after the heavy shirt work is done. So Wednesdays is a lot of dumbbell work, a lot of chest work, shoulders, a little bit of triceps. Um trying to build muscle be bigger and stronger and then saturdays is like okay the really heavy tricep work dead stop extensions dumbbell extensions uh still doing some dumbbell pressing um sometimes a secondary press like i'm gonna go from the bench i'll go to the floor and do like floor press with a slinger on like a five by five yep Um, always rotating things and then um oh what else so yeah, with the heavy accessories. So obviously like hammering triceps is so key. And um, I think that that's kind of like my weak point. Um, so it's always interesting to hear how people train their triceps because mm-hmm. I'm always struggling with my lockout. Um, okay. And then the, one of the last things I want to talk to you about was the whole like reverse grip benching. Um, Cause I recently hurt my shoulder. So uh, when I was training, before I started my prep, I was actually doing a lot of reverse grip bench. And I mm-hmm. actually was feeling really good about it. Um, I kind of want to hear just you talk about why you utilize it and what's the story behind it. I've always wanted to do reverse grip, but I always I only knew how to do it one way, which was the full supination, like Anthony Clark style that everybody's really familiar with. But I can't do it. My physio, my my anatomy will not allow me to do that. It just that this hurts. I can't actually do it, but I never did it. Um, and nobody fucking does it. Everybody does things one way, which is this way pronated. 
just because I think Chad Ike said it, just because everybody does something one way doesn't mean there's not a better way. Yep. So eventually a friend of mine, Joe Fazio, who was no longer with us, he moved out of the state. Um, he showed me something. He said, Hey, I've seen people that hold the bar between these two fingers, the middle and index. And they, and they do it that way. I was like, Hmm. All right. This is 20. This is about 2020 middle of 2020. And I tried it and it was very uncomfortable because now the bar is sitting vertically in the hand, not horizontal. Yep. And all that pressure's on that bone right there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 225 was painful. I was like, ew. But, but it was awesome. It was all triceps. I'm like, yep. hmm, there's something to this. So I just kind of like got over it, went heavier and heavier and adapted and adapted and adapted. It happened pretty quick. Just in a matter of weeks, it was pretty comfortable. Um, and I found a raw bench variation that slayed the triceps, kept my elbows tucked so it was safer for the shoulders, and took stress away from the pecs. What else could I want in this world? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I started doing it full time. Uh, I, I So besides the empty barbell, I, you can take this to the bank. Besides the empty barbell, whether I'm training uh, secondary day, main day, at a competition even, if I'm raw benching, I'm doing it reverse. Mm-hmm. I And I will never uh, heavy pronate raw bench ever again for the rest of my career. Um, if I ever decided to do raw, it's reverse grip, like in competition. Yep. That That's how much it's changed my, my life in the sport. Um, that really accelerated me. 21 was a really good year for me. That was all my single ply numbers. And the reverse grip bench is one of the main uh, catalysts for why I was so successful in that that year. Okay, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I've I kind of started to like it too because, like you said, the elbows tucked, like it just it feels so smooth. And yeah. the, the weight on the hands at first, because I was doing it the same grip you did, and I was like, "Fuck, yeah. this hurts." But yeah. a few weeks after, yeah. I, I think I got like pretty much close to what I could do normal. And I yep. was like, well, "At least if my shoulder doesn't get better, this is always an option." So. Yeah, I, I again like I I did I did benching one way, the the same way for sixteen years, and as soon as soon as I learned how to do it that way, I dropped sixteen years of habit like like in the overnight. That's how superior it is, and I will yeah. never go back. The only reason I don't do it in equipment, I mean, you got the stress on the on the palm right there with submaximal loads is pretty uncomfortable so the thought of putting 1400 pounds in my hands in that manner yeah probably won't ever do that but for everything else it's it's pretty awesome yeah and it's it's funny too because people all, i'm sure you probably hear it a hundred times like what do you bench draw what do you bench draw but yeah it doesn't doesn't matter like <laughs> that's not the I, point it's like dude I, I i i do i either say like a plate or like a can of corn like that's usually <laughs> my answer so I, like I said in the beginning, I chose my path. Yep. I want to bench equipped. I don't care what you think. <laughs> I'll go wrong. And I want to until then, if you don't like it, go, go watch somebody else. I'm going to do what I yeah. do. Yeah. All right. Well, I think, I think that's pretty much going to wrap it up, I guess, to um, cool. head off. If you could give like one piece of advice for maybe a, a young lifter coming into the sport and then, uh, then just let us know what your Instagram is. Yeah, so I'll give you the same piece of advice for a young lifter that I wish I could give my younger self at the age of 14, 15 years old is if you, every human being 
that has ever lived is currently living and will ever live is completely different and unique. I mean, we're all human, but we're all unique. And I was training a certain way and I was getting success out of it because I know my body pretty well. But I looked around on the internet, people around me, nobody else trained that way. So in my mind, I thought this has to be wrong. This cannot be right because nobody else is doing it. The pros are not doing this. I I, I can't train this way. I got to train like them. And I found uh, null and void success uh, training like everybody else did. So if you know what works for you and you get uh, success out of it and you're getting stronger and you're progressing, but it's completely unique and maybe no, nobody else does it, continue to do that. Uh, find what works for you. Don't cater to everybody else. Don't train like the next pro or that guy over there. Make yourself successful and do yourself a favor and train the way you need to to be the best you can be. Um, and then my Instagram, of course, is just my last name, K-O-L-B, followed by Strong. So Kolb Strong on Instagram. And you can always DM me if you have any questions. Awesome. Well, I wanted to thank you again for coming on. This was a great conversation. Um, you can find me at Instagram at lift.smith. And uh, this concludes episode five of the Powerlifters then. Thank you.